Welcome to Control Freaks Anonymous, aka the V1 Church Podcast. This is Mike Signorelli, the co-lead pastor of V1 Church, and this Sunday's message talks about control, your need to control, and what do you do when God gives you a sovereign no. There's a lot of people changed by this message. I preached it in Queens. My wife preached it on Long Island. And I can't just say enough about how much she crushed it. But instead of taking my word for it, why don't you take a listen instead? But do me a favor and stick around all the way to the end. Make it to the end of this podcast. It's going to be the one thing that you feel good about accomplishing this week. I promise you need this for your soul, the healthy soul, part two. Here it is, my wife, Julie Signorelli. Welcome to church this morning. Yes, who is pumped to be in the house of God? I am so pumped. We actually have a queen service going on right now. Yeah, did you guys know that? We have a campus in Queens. If you're new and um, you're a first-time guest or a second-time guest or a third-time guest, we have monthly services going on in Queens while we have services going on in Long Island. Our heart is to be a multi-site church that we can bring the message of Jesus anywhere that they'll let us. We'll have church in a dumpster. We do not care. So... um, that is our heart. That is our goal. Um, so we are having monthly services till January. In January, we are going weekly. So isn't that amazing? Super awesome. So, uh, but we are so glad that you're here. And this morning's message, so I'm preaching today, if you didn't notice. So uh, we, I told the first service, I said, you know, if you're, uh, maybe you're new and you're like, okay, is this a woman, a preacher? Yes, I'm preaching and I'm a pastor. And uh, we believe that Jesus loves women. We believe um, in raising up women in the church. And I am so excited to be bringing the word of God this morning. I'm not anybody special. I just love the Lord and I like to yell about it. So that's kind of where I'm at. And I was telling, I was telling first service, I said, you know, you'll let a, a woman serve you a hot meal. You'll let a woman give birth and we'll let a woman preach about how to save your life. So we are not afraid. Uh, so girls, if you have a call in your heart to preach and teach, we're glad you're here. So, amen. All right, so our message title this morning is called Control Freaks Anonymous. Y'all are laughing because you guys are control freaks, right? I I am too. I am one of those moms, um, and I don't know, I'm sure there's dads like this too. I've definitely had friends who have have dads that, so I don't want to typecast anybody. But I am that mom that... uh, I will text the to-do list like as I think about it, kind of like in 12 one-word texts. You guys ever do this? Like, okay, the clothes are here. Make sure they wear this socks. Brush their hair. Brush their teeth. Do you guys ever do that? So I am kind of known in my family to be a little bit of a control freak, and I kind of try to tone it down. Do you guys ever try to tone it down to be like, I'm just laid back? But your whole family's like, no, you're not. (laughs) I'm super laid back unless it comes to my kids, and then it's kind of another thing. But um, yeah, totally. So do we have any type A's, any control freaks in the house? Am I alone? You guys are lying. Like 90% of you are lying right now. I'm just kidding. So what we're going to talk about today, because we're in a series called Healthy Soul. 
right? And we're talking about our soul and what's healthy. And I mean, obviously you can put two and two together. Control freaks, we probably live a lot less. I don't know. You know, we stress out, right? I, I don't, I've done like, uh, you know, four cold sweats this morning, right? Anybody else? Yeah. Oh, I'm alone. Okay, yeah, I got it. And sometimes we try so hard to be the healthy thing by to-do list and prior communication and all that stuff. But sometimes control freaks come out their worst in that last five minutes before whatever that thing is. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? Man, have you ever seen that uh, Facebook video of the mom cleaning her house before company? She's like, I need this place to look like Disneyland in five minutes. That is me. Like Sometimes my control freak lays a little dormant until that last 10 minutes, right? Then you start getting those one-word texts. Um, but that's me. And so it can be very difficult in a world that we have access to planners and apps and smartphones and uh, virtual assistants and all these things. It can be very difficult to be not a control freak. I don't know a fancier way to say that. So that, that's what I'm saying. And uh, it can be also hard to be just healthy in general, right? This message is not about physical health. I don't want to paint that picture. I don't want you to tune out and start ordering on Grubhub right now. Like, it's not what I'm doing. But sometimes in, in the world, right, it's really hard to be physically healthy. Um, so do you guys remember, who, where are my children of the 70s, 80s, 90s? Okay, so do you guys remember the food pyramid? Do they still, I mean, do they have like a variation of this still? They do. Okay, okay. I don't know. You could tell where I'm at, right? I'll talk about that in a second. But um, the food pyramid. So I remember this being on the Wonder Bread. By the way, there is nothing better than fresh white Wonder Bread. So I'm just going to say that. Okay, okay, potato bread. But whatever. So they had the food pyramid on the back. And do you guys remember on the bottom was the best part? It was carbs. Six to 11 servings, guys. Six to 11. And so that was like really great because, you know, you'd have that mom that's like, you got to eat more pasta. Okay, mom. <laughs> no problem. And so it can be very difficult to be healthy or raisin bran, right? Like it's mostly sugar, guys. But because it has the word bran in it, your mom probably bought it for you or dad or whatever, thinking they were doing the right thing. But you get like fast forward and it's the wrong thing. Or you have, or I saw uh, organic Fruit Loops. They weren't called Fruit Loops, but they were Fruit Loops. And, and Bella said, well, they're organic, Mom. I'm like, organic sugar is still sugar, but whatever. And then Oreos are vegans, or Oreos are vegan. We got any vegans in the house? By the way, you can eat Oreos. They are vegan. And then uh, we had Froyo craze, right? So uh, you'd hear people say, like, we're not getting ice cream, we're getting frozen yogurt, which made it seem so much better. And then I kind of went on this journey where I tried to, like, rid myself of, like, uh, added sugars. Do you guys know sugars in everything? And so I looked at my green beans, and Mike's like, there's definitely sugar in that. I was like, no way. I looked at it, yep, definitely is. And so it can be super hard to be healthy. At one point, I was training for a marathon. Now, I didn't run it, so don't think I'm like, oh, wow, she, doesn't, she preaches and she does a marathon? No, I didn't. <laughs> I quit that. <laughs> Let me be real. I, yeah, I did not count the cost before I started that. But 
I got up to like 20 miles and I had at this point it was like after I had Evie so I called my midwife and I was like man I'm just having a hard time you know losing whatever the weight baby weight or whatever you want to call it and uh, she's like well actually the cardio is what's keeping you fat and I was like what what like the exercise is keeping, I'm like, this is too crazy. And so it can be really, we are the most advanced, or we think we are, right, as Americans. We're the most advanced, intelligent civilization, quote unquote, in the world. And yet being healthy is really hard. And so how much more difficult is it for our soul to be healthy in an environment like this where it's a quick fix, right? Give it to me now. I need it now. I need to make this appointment now. And so it can be super confusing. And I'll just be vulnerable with you. I went through a time, most of you guys know, I've, I've talked about it before, um, but maybe you're watching online or maybe you're new today. And uh, I went through a time where um, my dad passed unexpectedly in February. And he was only in his 60s, so like he wasn't old, he was young, he wasn't sick. You know, and uh, we, we truly thought up until maybe the last hour, he'd been in the hospital for like a week. We thought, you know, like he's living, we're believing God for a miracle. And, um, and, he, and he ended up passing. And so it was unexpected. And what happened during that time was I was going through, you know, just the normal processes of grief. And, and guys, if you're grieving, I know we prayed for somebody who was grieving today. I just give yourself a break. Like grieving is kind of what it is. Like it is a process. And I want to encourage you, if you need to talk that process out with someone, please do that. Uh, but it's a process. And so in the initial stages of my process, I processed with chocolate cake. Yeah, you can laugh. It's fine. And we spent some time at my mom's, uh, the, you know, the week after the funeral. And, and every day, like a chocolate cake would show up. It was awesome. And what I realized after I got home, we called it the cake fairy, but the cake fairy didn't come to New York. <laughs> the cake fairy was in Indiana. And um, I quickly realized that I was taking something tangible to numb something that wasn't tangible. And I had to recognize, like, in my mind, I'm like, I'm grieving, it's fine. I'm grieving, it's fine. But I had to really go on that journey with the Lord and look at my soul and say, no, there's something that's unrest, unrested in here. Like there's something, there's something I'm not, I'm not, I'm not pressing into the Lord the way that I did because I'm eating the cake, guys. And uh, I had to, that's kind of a hard truth, but I really felt like the Holy Spirit was sharing that. And everybody's journey of grief is different. But for me, I felt like it was searching for that tangible comfort was harming my ability to continue to, to serve the Lord and to grow with the Lord and to serve my family. And so I went on that process. But I want to talk to you about a process that uh, Adam and Eve were on. So we're going to go actually to Genesis 2.9 if you have your Bible. If you don't, that's fine. It's going to be here on the screen. And this is in the garden. So this is pre-Apple, if you will. Not Apple phone, guys. Millennials. You need to read the first couple books of Genesis. I really want to encourage you to dive into that story because sometimes the uh, children's church version that we heard, when you really read it and you get down in it, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of really good meat in there, and I don't want you to miss anything. And I'm just going to kind of 
skim through it, okay? So I want you guys to dive deeper this week. But Genesis 2.9, it said, the Lord God made all kinds of trees grow out of the ground, trees that were pleasing to the eye and good for food. In the middle of the garden were the tree of life and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. See, in Genesis chapter 2, it kind of gives us a picture of some essentials that God had originally intended for us. And did you know that the Lord really wants you, like his original intent was that you would have a good life. And I know, I'm just going to speak to the elephant in the room or online or whatever. I know sometimes when we say the Lord wants you to have a good life, they label that prosperity gospel. That is so unfair because when I read Genesis two, what I see is a God that provided a couple of things. And if you're taking notes, you can write this down. One is that the trees were pleasing to the eye and good for food. So God desired beauty and pleasure. He did not, he could have made an ugly garden, guys. It didn't have to have leaves and flowers and all those things that when you close your eyes, you kind of picture it. But he, he desired for us to have beauty and pleasure. And then the second thing he really wanted for us was nourishment and rest. He wanted to have things in our body that were good for us. He wanted us to have a peaceful place to call home and to rest. And so that was God's original intent before the apple, guys. Are you taking notes? Okay. Um, You may not feel like beauty and pleasure in the midst of a trial. If you're going through something today and you're like, oh, well, Pastor Joy, I listen, I know that God wanted beauty and pleasure for someone else, but I've done a lot of really horrible things. And, you know, I don't know that God wants that for me. God's mad at me. Have you guys ever felt like that? I have felt like that. I've prayed those prayers. And then you kind of fast forward five years and you're like, man, it wasn't that bad. (laughs) But I've prayed prayers in my car where I'm like, why have you forsaken me, Lord? And it was like, not a big deal. I just moved to a different house, you know? But at the time, at the time though, Man, that trial seemed like so big. And so at the time, that's how I I really felt. But uh, I went through a season, and I've talked about this before, where I had two uh, miscarriages in between both my kids, so my oldest and my youngest. And, um, you know, my first one got pregnant, like wasn't even trying, guys, right after my wedding. Awesome. And, uh, and she's just an awesome miracle, but we never thought about, you know, having a baby. It was just a baby happened to us. And it was just an awesome gift. That's another sermon. Um, But it was just an awesome gift. But you know what? Shortly uh, after we thought, you know, when she got potty trained, you know, we're like, oh, let's have another one. And so we tried again and, and just had a hard time there and then finally got pregnant. And then, you know, six weeks later, I went to the doctor and they're like, you're miscarrying. And that was really difficult. And then the next one was, you know, the first one, you're like, man, that stinks, you know, but you kind of like, okay, well, Genesis 2, I get that. That was God's original intent. But then you fast forward and God said, don't eat the fruit. They ate it anyways. And then sin enters the world. And then you have this picture of, of a good God and sinful nature, right? And Later, you have Jesus, but before that, that's kind of where we're at, and so sin into the world, and then I had a second miscarriage, and at that point, I'm mad. Real talk, right? I'm just mad. I'm like, Lord, we are good people. We do all the right things, right? You become so holy before the Lord at certain points when you're mad. You're like, we serve God, and we... Uh, uh. 
You know, and you go down that road, and so as time evolved, what I realized is that God didn't have anything to do with my miscarriage. He didn't have anything to do with the first one. He didn't have anything to do with the second one. Sin into the world, it, is, it happens. It is, you know, sickness and disease. And so for me, I just made peace with the fact that I didn't go through it alone. And you know what? That may not work for you. I don't know. You have to go on your own journey with the Lord and how you deal with things that happen to you. But for me, that's where my, my, my soul found rest, was just knowing that he is good and that I serve a God that I don't know everything about. And I'd 10 times rather have a God that I can't explain than one that I know every nook and cranny of what he's going to do next. And so that, that's where I was at. And so, you know, I don't know the intricacies of why all that happened. Or maybe you have something in your life that you can't explain. God, why did this happen? You know, I don't know. But I know that you have to go on a journey with the Lord about your soul, not about the symptom. Does that make sense? So God wants a good life for us. He wants, his original intent was that we had a Genesis to life. And sometimes we are great at giving gifts, but we are very difficult to receive gifts sometimes. Sometimes the goodness of God is actually hard to receive if you've ever made a lot of mistakes. Maybe I'm the only one. Have you ever been blessed after you failed? After you've been unfaithful? after you ruin something. And so we have this picture of Genesis 2, which is blessing before sin. And so it's before like Raisin Bran, right? Before the food pyramid, before politics, before sex trafficking, before 27, 24 hour news, bad news all the time. I can't even turn on the news anymore. Yesterday I was like, turn it off. I can't. And so we have this situation where you're just constantly asking and wandering and, and, and questioning. And, and so what happens is it makes an unrested soul. And so I have, so a few maybe months ago when it was still warm outside, we were, uh, we had went to Chipotle and Evie was, you know, it's just one of those, have you ever just woken up and you're like, I'm just going to be mean today. Do you ever have one of those? Like, I'm just going to be mean, and I'm going to be mean to everybody around me. I'm human, okay? Anybody ever have those days? Someone in the back. I got you, girl. I got you. And it was just one of those days. And guess what, guys? It was a Sunday. I'm human, okay? And I just woke up, and it, I couldn't put my finger on it. I mean, I kind of want to label it grief because I feel like that gives me a pass, but I don't know if that was it. That was a joke. You can laugh. It's fine. But really, I kind of did think that. And so I, I, I was walking out of Chipotle, and I was just ready to go home, you know? Like, I just wanted to eat and go home. And I wanted to sleep or rest or whatever. And Everly, as we were, like, running out of Chipotle, she said, Mom, can I stop and smell these flowers? You guys, I have never felt like more garbage <laughs> in that moment. And it was almost like, stop and smell the roses, Right? I do have a picture, I have proof, because I, I, you know, I just had to document what a jerk I was <laughs> that morning. I was like, okay, this is a good reminder. And I was like, Lord, I hear you. And so sometimes slowing down is beneficial for your soul. Let me rephrase that. Slowing down is always beneficial for your soul. And so part of God's plan is slowing down long enough to taste and see that the Lord is good. Put that scripture on the screen, Psalm 34, 8 taste and see that the Lord is good. Now, 
I am a mom, so I have to preach from that place, guys. If you're not a mom, you're also busy, so just relate with me for a hot second, okay? When you eat and you have toddlers, this is what eating sounds like or is like. Half-chewed food, swallow it, repeat, seltzer water, dinner done. That's life. And so you don't really taste your food. If you've been in college, I remember this, being in college and working a job, two part-time jobs, and just kind of running from place to place. Like you get the McDonald's, but you don't really enjoy it. Or maybe you go out to dinner with your spouse, but you're like, if you're like me, control freak, A, you're thinking about the time and getting back to the babysitter at a good time and all that stuff, and you're just like, just eat the steak, let's hold hands, and let's go. But the thing about tasting and seeing is that tasting requires time. It requires a moment to actually taste the pepper that you took the time to put in the food. And so when you take time to taste and see, God is saying, the Lord will be good. When you take that time and you think about my circumstance. For me, it was miscarriage. When I took time to think about the circumstance, instead of seeing pain, abandonment, hurt, fear, shame, you know what I saw? I saw, man, I went through something really hard and the Lord walked with me every step of the way. I found beauty and pleasure in the circumstance. For some of you, when you, I, I always tell people when they come in my office for marriage counseling, we sit there and, you know, they, they're, everything's good, everything's good, premarital counseling, and then they get in a blowout argument, right? Y'all, all the married people are like, yeah, we know. And what happens is I say, listen, in 50 years, when they're crying at the anniversary, it's not because everything was good. They're crying because they persevered through all of the stinking garbage, right, that you go through when you're married and chose to love anyways. That's why they're crying. And so what I tell all my married people, and if you've been in premarital counseling, you've heard me say this, find the beauty in the argument. Man, we both care. Praise God. Man, we are both two passionate human beings. Awesome. The Lord can use that. Wink, wink. But taking time to taste and see that the Lord is good takes time, guys. It takes time. It takes time to look at a dire situation and see the goodness in it. That's soul reflection. That's not treat. Listen, you can patch up a marriage, but if you don't fix the soul, you're treating the symptom, not the soul. I was watching this thing about wine tasting um, as I was preparing for another message that I preached in. I, I, you know, I didn't know much about it, to be honest. So I was, um, I was watching it. And, and what it was was like, it's this really slow process. And you kind of go from station to station, right? And you have the beautiful wine glass. And I don't know what they do. They probably tell you about it. And, and then you like, they tell you to, what's the word? Swirl, Swirl right? Y'all busted yourself out. I'm just kidding. I'm totally kidding. So these... <laughs> Cindy's like, swirl. <laughs> I got you, girl. So you're swirling, right? I didn't know. I couldn't think of the word. They told me last service, too, and I totally forgot. So you're swirling, and then you're, right, you smell, smell it next. And then you taste it, right? And then you're kind of like savoring it, and they'll go, 
what do you, what do you taste? What do you smell? And sometimes with our circumstance, maybe we need to treat it less like seltzer water and half-chewed food and treat it a little more like wine. Okay, Lord, I was born into this circumstance, but I am determined to see your goodness in it. Okay, Lord, I made a mess of my own circumstance, but I am determined to see your goodness in it. So I'm just going to stay in this space for a hot minute. I'm going to invest in, in my soul a little bit. I'm going to go to therapy. I'm going to meet with a pastor. I'm going to go up to the prayer team. I'm going to take a minute and just savor this moment because I'm in it. And I'm not going to stay in it, but I'm going to taste and see that you're good. Psalm 127.2, in vain you rise up early and stay up late, toiling for food to eat, for he grants sleep to those he loves. To have a healthy soul, let me tell you, there is no quicker way to an unhealthy soul than no sleep. And that is just practical as, I don't know, I don't know if that's gonna make it in a book, but let me tell you, as a mom with a toddler, I didn't sleep for like three years, and I was a little mean. Just being real. But then I had those moments where I would be mad at God. Because I didn't have rest. It was deeper than just no sleep, guys. That was a symptom. You can take a sleeping pill and get sleep. But I wanted to fix the soul. A restless soul has a couple of signs. If you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. Number one, we lose sight that God is in control. If you want to do soul work, take a look at how much control you have. You know, when my husband was going through... um, just some things from his past. You know, I walked through, I would literally try to control everything around him for behavior modification. That's a symptom. When I finally said, Lord, it's in your hands. I can't control it. I can't help it. I can't fix it. I'm just going to serve you and just believe God. Guess what? Everything changed. Some of you might have children who are prodigals right now, and you've tried to send them a million texts about the love of God, and you've tried to control it and send them sermons and YouTube videos and all that stuff. Guess what? It is in God's hands. It's good to do that stuff, but make sure you're doing it because you love them, not because you want to control. You know, some of you might be in relationships or maybe even singleness, Sometimes we try to control that too. I had a, somebody that I worked with and, and they were like, I don't want to get married. I don't want to get married. I'm a strong, independent wife. I don't want to share my life. But you know what? One day I pulled her aside. I said, you know what? Is that really your heart? I'm okay if it is because I believe that singleness is a gift and I believe that God does call people to that. But she said, actually, it's because I feel like no one will ever love me. That's soul work. So number one is that we lose sight that God is in control. Number two is that we think that we're in control. You know, New York City and Long Island will make you feel completely out of control. If you've ever gotten three parking tickets in one day, 
You know this. You know, at any moment, your rent can be raised. At any moment, your taxes could skyrocket. Hello? Long Island's like, hello. At any moment, you could have a 20-minute commute, get on the LIE, and guess what? You're sitting there for 45 minutes to go four miles. You know, even the richest person, person out here, it really isn't ever even enough. Because this earth has a way of just taking, 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 taking. And I love that God put a billion trees in the garden. Not a billion. That's paraphrased. But I love that he had all these trees that we could enjoy. And there was one that he said, don't eat this one. And that's when sin entered the equation and humanity took of the tree. And so you might be asking, well, why did God put it in the garden? Every week I get the question, well, if God wanted me to do this, why didn't he make me do it? Mostly it's by young people. That's why I added the attitude. But we define sin as we said yes to something God said no to. That can be different at different levels, right? I mean, there are things that are non-negotiable. You can read about that in Romans, but sometimes people are like, I want to go into ministry. I'm starting, I'm doing this. This is what I'm doing. And God didn't call him to it. God called him to start a business or God called him to open a restaurant. God's grace was revealed in all the other trees. God knew that a no was good for the soul. And sometimes if you have a restless soul, maybe it's because you're doing all the things that God's like, stay away from that. Restrictions are good for our soul. A no is good for us to hear. Boundaries are healthy. A no provides a healthy environment for our soul. God put the tree in the garden, not to control us, but to give us a choice. What is love if you're forced to love someone? You know, we, were, we just did a wedding for my sister-in-law yesterday. I know, they do the kids' ministry. And do you know that they showed up to church today and served? That's amazing. Give them an extra high five when you pick up your kiddos. I thought that was so awesome. We begged them to stay home, by the way. They didn't. But I was, it was, Mike said a few weeks ago, I just want to reiterate, he said a wedding isn't special because the two are saying yes to each other. It's special because they're saying no to all the other people on the planet. And so God gave us the other trees to give us choices, but he gave us one because he knew that it wouldn't benefit our soul. We often get obsessed with things that we're told no, right? We obsess over it. And I love, G how many have GPSs? How many are faithful GPS users? It's mostly girls, awesome. Guys, you don't need it. I can't, get, I can't even get to church without my phone. I can't even get to the grocery store. I don't care, I'm shameless. I'm like, that's what they're there for. I don't think they're making me smarter, but that's fine. I'm rolling with it. But a GPS is helpful because it eliminates options. 
What it's going to do, now there's a million, especially in New York, right? There's a million different routes. I could take the most scenic route ever, and it could take me three hours going 45 miles an hour to get to my destination. But what a GPS does is it takes the route and it calculates the best option. And because it knows we're risk takers, it also offers other longer options, which I never really understand, but I'm like, okay. But you know what, Jesus, he gives us what we need to do with our life. And sometimes it says some things that we need to stay away from, right? And those aren't super fun to hear. I'll tell you right now, I don't care how Christian I am, I hate the word now. I hate it so much that we had this thing in our home where we said, you may not. Did anybody else do that? Because we didn't like the way no sounded. And so, our, especially millennials, like we kind of repel against the word no, right? Well, what do you feel? And I get it. I'm like you. I totally get it. 1 Corinthians 10, 23, it says, I have the right to do anything, but not everything is beneficial. I have the right to do anything, but not everything is construction, construct, constructive. Not everything is beneficial or constructive. Now, because God loves us, he, he lets us choose but it doesn't mean that it's beneficial for our soul. It doesn't mean that it's constructive for our soul. And I have a question this morning. Are you welcoming some restraint in your life? Are you welcoming releasing the control to let God control it? You know, we celebrate yeses all the time. Even you hear it in our offering message, right? You hear it in our testimony time. If you, if you join the dream team, we have a huddle and we celebrate all the things that God's saying yes to. And very rarely in church will we say, God gave me a boundary. No one's clapping. Like nobody's amening that. And I get it. And I want to tell you just a real quick about a time I had to know. So we were planting this church. It was January, not this past January, but the year before. We had this huge dramatic send-off. Our entire church, over a thousand people at that service, reaching, we have this epic picture. They're praying for us. Me and Mike are like, oh my gosh, I don't know. Like we're bawling. It was just this awesome moment. We pack our U-Haul, we leave the next day, we have this crazy testimony, and what was funny was everybody was like, well, how's it going, how's it move? And I'm like, God just lined everything up. Did you guys ever use that line? All the Christianese in here? We're like, God totally, he just lined it all up. I said that a million times, because it was true, and that's how I felt, it was true. And so we get in the U-Haul, encountered, you guys, one day we'll tell the story. It was 8 million horrible things. Am I lying, Evan? It was awful. Evan rode with Mike. It was real talk, like the worst. It was the worst couple days ever. And um, we're 200 miles away from New York City. And my realtor calls, who helped us find an apartment, because we, we found it while we were in Indiana. And she says, um, hey, you're not going to have heat for like, two weeks and I'm like okay I'll just plug heaters in you know that's kind of how I was thinking like whatever she's like oh no, no that's illegal she's like you can't move in and I'm like well I don't have anywhere to go you know and so she's like you can stay at my house so it was super inconvenient there was a million and one things that we had to do I won't labor you with the details and so finally we spent we slept on a floor in Queens for about two weeks we did laundry but it was my daughter's birthday by the way we had one outfit guys it was fun. And uh, it was my daughter's birthday, so we got a hotel. 
and the check-in people are talking to me and we're chit-chatting and what are you here for? I'm like, well, funny story, what do you ask? And I'm chatting with them and, and, and as I was talking to the, the guy checking me in, I just felt the Holy Spirit. I was like, there's something about him. And so I didn't feel appropriate at that time because my kids and I didn't want to be a weirdo, but I was like, I'll totally make Mike be a weirdo. So I text Mike and I'm like, you got to talk to this guy when you come in. And so Mike, I think, leaves him a note or something. And um, so here I am. And I cried a lot. I was like, Lord, what am I going to do with my kids? We have one pair of underwear. Like, we have two weeks. I have no heat. You know, and it just kept getting worse and worse and worse. We encountered a bunch of other setbacks. And I just doubted. I'm like, God, did you really call us here? Like, I don't know. And guess who that young man was? It was Jonathan Overton. He was literally the first person at V1 Church. And here's what I want to tell you. Sometimes the no isn't for your benefit. Sometimes it's for someone else's. Sometimes a no in your life is that someone else can have a yes. Because if it would have went my way, we would have never met him. I would have had heat. And so there's three ways that a no creates a healthy soul. It'll release that control off your life. The first one is a no produces character. You know, we uh, invest in leaders and when everything's going great, that's great, but you see who someone really is when they take a no. A no produces character. A no preserves, number two, a no preserves your energy for God's real yes. Not your yes. God's yes. And number three, no separates better from best. Will you guys stand with me this morning? You see what I was talking about? Aren't you so glad that you got all the way to the end of this podcast? We are getting ready to go into the month of November if you're listening to this for the first time on time. And I cannot encourage you enough do something with this word. God is giving you a no in certain areas of your life because he knows that it's good for your soul. Your soul is your mind, it's your emotions, and you need a no. So stop violating that no and actually find your rest in it instead. But here's here's a yes I will give you. Yes, go find us at V1 Church on Instagram and follow us. Yes, go find us by typing in V1 Church on YouTube and subscribe. And yes, listen to more podcasts from our church because your life will continue to get better. Make sure that you rate this thing. I think five stars is uh, definitely more than enough for my wife. Love you guys. See you next week.